Mike Morgan joining us now, fresh from his trip down to Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Uh, no, down to Starkville, Mississippi. What am I thinking? Mississippi State's where he was last night. Mississippi State getting the, the home win. And Mike on the call for ESPN last night. And welcome in, sir. When you go down to um, Starkville out of Atlanta, do you do you fly to Columbus or do you drive it down there? I'm sorry, what now? When you make the trip to uh, <laughs> when you make the trip to Starkville, do you typically drive it or do you fly it? Oh gosh, no! I uh, well, I typically uh, fly from Atlanta to what they call GTR, which is, stands for Golden Triangle, which is the very definition of a no frills airport. Mm. Um, I think they have a place to land the plane. I think, or either that, or we just go into like an open field, and then we, you know, you there's no tarmac. You just you just walk off the plane, grab your luggage, and there's like uh, two rental car stations. They may or may not have cars. Uh, there's a vending machine from like 1978. Uh, still get like a Zagnut bar, and then you uh, get on your way and you drive 20 minutes to Starkville. Yeah. Is your pilot? Is his name Mr. Haney? I don't know Mr. Haney. No, I believe his name was Otto. Uh, <laughs> he was on autopilot. <laughs> you know Haney Airlines from uh, Green Acres. You remember Mr. Haney? I. I don't remember. You're a little bit older than me, Phil. I don't. Re- I, you don't. I can't quote you a character from Green Acres. You didn't watch Green Acres growing up? My goodness, check it out. Green you- Acres was not on. No. <laughs> Always a good job to keep up with that uh, 75 and older demographic that you're killing it with. Uh, but you've never seen Seinfeld, but you're quoting Green Acres characters. Very nice. I thought he was bringing up Travis Haney, thinking uh, maybe he was a pilot now for you. No, he might be. Yeah. yeah. What'd you think of? Um, well, two things. Uh, Mississippi State winning at home. But what about Georgia? Uh, they're in a slide now. At one point, they looked like a hot team. Looks like now they're playing their way out of the tournament. Well, I was watching an I Love Lucy marathon, so I really didn't pay much of attention to that. Uh, but, yeah, no, uh, that's right. I did the game. Let's see. Uh, Georgia's going through a tough time. Yeah, in fact, uh, I'm actually going straight to uh, Fayetteville tomorrow. Speaking of uh, interesting uh, airports. Yeah, really. Uh, and Georgia's taking on Arkansas. That really becomes a must-win for Georgia. So if you go to, for my money, the, the, the Bible on who's going to make the tournament and how, uh, it, it Georgia would be number 10, and they would be outside looking in. There are nine teams right now that Lenardi has in. Mississippi State is the last one in. Carolina right now is a five seed. You might have already covered all this, but yeah. – uh, but Georgia's really the only other team that has a chance. Nine are in. Georgia would be the 10th. And then 11 through 14, it's almost impossible to find a path outside of winning the conference tournament. So uh, Georgia is, is now in what you would call desperation mode, I guess. Uh, but they still have a chance. Uh, and they've got at Arkansas and then at home against Florida, which will be two very challenging games for sure. What do you think's happened with Arkansas? You know, they beat Duke at home. They stormed the court. They look really, really strong in November. That's why, you know, November, December can be a little misleading. What has happened to them since that point? Never underestimate chemistry, and I don't think it's there. Mm. Um, and I, I can tell you, the I've only had Arkansas once this year, 
And, you know, we go to, we go to practice shoot around the day before, day of, and the coach will come over and he'll have a chat with us and we'll ask a few questions and kind of get a little background uh, on some stuff. This was a classic case of Eric Musselman came over, and I've dealt with Eric Musselman for whatever, six years, however long he's been in Fayetteville. And he's always cordial, but he's not the most uh, giving in terms of information guy. You know, he'll give you a few answers, then you'll be on your way. He sat there for 30 minutes, and it was, I felt like a therapy session. Mm. I felt like I was Dr. Phil. He just he said, let me tell you about this, that, and the other, uh, all the things that are wrong, all, all the things that could have gone better in recruiting, um, life without a point guard, which is almost impossible to win. If you notice this year in the SEC and you go down one through ten, the point guards in this league, it's unbelievable. It really is. I, I mean, it is a stacked group. But I'll tell you something Eric Musselman said. He said, point blank, if I had to pick a player of the year in the league, to me, there's there's no one more valuable than Talon Cooper. That's a quote from Eric Musselman, the Arkansas coach. Think about that. Yeah, uh, he has he has no reason to say that, other than he's just incredibly impressed with what Talon Cooper has done, and he's speaking as a coach that has a lot of talent, yes, but does not have a true point guard. And then we'll skip over Vanderbilt. They've been a disappointment. You know, they just gave Jerry Stackhouse, uh, I think, a new contract in the off season. Uh, rewarding him for what they thought was upward movement, but that hasn't been the case. But then there's Missouri, which, you know, they're at the very bottom. They're 0-10 in the league in their second year with their coach, who, who did fine last year, and they kind of had hopes up that uh, uh, that that would continue, but that has not been the case for them this year. Yeah, I did not have a winless Missouri team in mid-February on my bingo card. Yeah, um, I, I, I just did not – see that i don't think anybody did remember carolina was picked dead last missouri was picked i don't know fifth or sixth when you and i were in birmingham uh, however many months ago that was uh yeah they, they, i don't think people truly understood how much they would miss kobe brown and demoy hodge uh those two players just meant so much to that team those are two pro type guys and they don't have anything like that right now. Now, help is coming because their recruiting class next year is going to be one of the best they've had there uh, in a while. But for right now, they just don't have the talent. Team that made the second round of the tournament last year as a number seven seed. They beat Utah State, then lost to Princeton. So, you know, that's what ha- – I mean, and, and, you know, South Carolina's having that, that great year this year. We'll see how far the Gamecocks go. What you'd like, of course, as a fan base, is some consistency. You don't want to be on that roller coaster where you're great one year or, or really, really good, you're a factor, and then you drop, drop off the planet the next year. That's, I think, one of the challenges for Lamont Paris, and maybe the fact that they had a, a bad first year, you know, didn't do anything in his first year, picked it up in year number two, and if enough good players come back and he's adding some good players through recruiting – Maybe they can build a little something here, something consecutively in terms of postseason play, NCAA tournament play, something they really haven't had at South Carolina. I mean, what, Eddie Fogler took them to back-to-back tournaments. Uh, Frank McGuire, of course, took them to uh, a few tournaments in a row. But outside of that, it's just been hit and miss. 
Right, and and the two years that Eddie got there, they got bounced in the first round as a two and three seed, yeah. and that really set the tone for the rest of that tenure. Frank goes to a Final Four and then never goes back. Might have been an NIT somewhere in there, but for the most part, no postseason success. You know, for for multiple generations of fans, that's all they know is just a blip here and there and no consistency of winning. And I I really think that's going to change with Lamont. I just think the way he's doing it, number one, the guy can flat out coach, but, but the way he's building rosters and you look at who he's already got coming in and you follow it more than anybody else. But I just saw one of those kids just got elevated from a three-star to a four-star. Uh, and, and, and that's already combined with the, the guard who's kind of a flashy uh, point guard who's lighting it up in overtime elite. And then he's going to hit the portal, and he's going to get, uh, as you well know, Phil, this is a program, and I would put Clemson in the same sentence, they're not going to get a bunch of McDonald's All-Americans. They're not going to get uh, top ten recruiting classes on the regular. But what you have to do is be creative, find those three stars that turn into really good players. Remember, Murray Boyles was not recruited by Carolina or Clemson, was not offered a scholarship. He goes to Utah for his final year in high school, develops, turns into a four-star. At that point, everybody wants him, but Lamont Paris already got him because he saw talent before it truly blossomed. That's the kind of uh, creative recruiting you have to have. And the other thing that they have is the portal. And they're going to get guys in the portal uh, that are going to be productive. Without the portal, there's no way Carolina is the 15th-ranked team in the country. But with the portal, uh, they're going to be able to continually restock their roster, develop players, and, again, have good coaching. And I think that's the recipe. I think it's, it's a recipe that will have staying power, unlike what we've seen in the past. You mentioned uh, Clemson briefly. Your reaction when you saw what they did in Chapel Hill against a, an excellent North Carolina team coming off a win over Duke, a North Carolina team that had no reason to overlook Clemson. They had a lot to play for in terms of just maintaining uh, their their record in the ACC, their overall standing, and Clemson just flat went up there and took that game from them. Yeah, like if, if it was at Little John, I'd say, well, that's just college basketball. One good team beating a slightly better team. But the fact that they did it in Chapel Hill, that's the story. And we know that's only happened one other time in the history of those meetings in the ACC. So uh, obviously, you know, that is the the clincher, if you will. I know there's a lot of games to be played, but they're going to the tournament. And and they've got a chance, if they finish strong, to be a pretty high seed. I mean, the fact that we're talking about Carolina and Clemson being five, six, seven seeds in the tournament in the same year – you know, you got to go back to Fogler and Rick Barnes when they had it rolling for a time at those respective uh, schools. So it, it's awfully refreshing. Uh, you know, for it took about 25 years, but you, you've got a rebirth of, of both those programs. I realize Clemson's had some pockets of success before this, but it's rare to see both programs having this type of year during the same season. Visiting with uh, Mike Morgan a couple more minutes uh, off the topic of basketball onto some other stuff. Um, Carson Beck, Georgia quarterback, just purchased a Lamborghini. I'm I'm wondering did he get it from the same dealership you got your Lamborghini, or you know was his? Did he buy from Atlanta or in Athens? Did y'all talk? Did you give him some advice on where to 
find a Lamborghini? Well, I'm a love Chevy guy, as you know, and uh, Ben Hoover, <laughs> our fearless leader at Love Chevy, can tell you that's all I need. I don't need some fancy sports car mm. to make up for some deficiencies elsewhere. Uh, but nevertheless, yeah, I mean, it kind of gives you an idea of where the NIL money is right now. Uh, <laughs> and now you don't have to hide those kind of things. Remember yep. where there's a time where <laughs> college kids were getting sports cars uh, under the table and you had to you had to go ahead and put it in mom's name or some uncle somewhere uh, that those days are done. And uh, you're going to hear more and more stories, especially when the average SEC starting quarterback is getting roughly 1.5 million in NIL money. Oof. Yeah. I tell you, uh, what'd you make of, are you following what happened up at Dartmouth with the NLRB and you know, the ruling that the basketball players up there, even though they're not even on scholarship, they are employees um, and and thus, uh, you know, the the feeling is that's going to trickle, not trickle, probably cascade across the country uh, as more uh, decisions, legal decisions are made. And I mean, that's where we're headed with these these athletes to be full full fledged employees of the schools they play for. Yeah, I, and perhaps I'm just not smart enough to understand if if what happens at Dartmouth is really going to extrapolate to what happens with the conferences like the SEC, the ACC, and the Big Ten, I, I think what's more significant is Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti, of the two clearly most powerful conferences in the land, joining forces and basically saying to the NCAA and everybody else, you guys don't run anything. You rent, we own, hmm. and we are going to go ahead and run the sport our way. We are no longer going to take cues from what you think uh, the way it should be run, which has been outdated now for several years. So I think that's going to move the needle far more than anything that's going on at an Ivy League school. Yet Sankey was quoted as saying um, on the Feinbaum show the other day after that meeting or the first of the meetings, like, hey, I don't have the answers. He says, don't look at me for all the answers. Uh, we're just sort of kicking right. things around and trying to, to come up with stuff. But I, to going back to the Dartmouth thing, I hear what you're saying. But if the courts rule, you know, across the country, and this was a regional NLRB ruling, but if, if that spreads and the courts end up ruling that you have to treat the athletes in college as employees and pay them as such and everything that goes along with being an employee with W-2s and vacation time and, you know, and, and, they, and they form unions and then negotiate what they want in the workspace – it's going to be a whole different world out there from a college athletic standpoint. Uh, well, it already is a whole different world, but but yes, I, I mean that would obviously uh, be a next level change. And and my response to that would be for a lot of the college athletes now, be careful what you wish for, because that with that comes contracts where you have to honor them, not just bail in the portal whenever you feel like it, you know, grab the, grab the bag and then just go somewhere else. Uh, with that comes paying taxes uh, in a more formalized way. You know, with that comes a lot of other responsibilities that the real world has to deal with. And uh, like I said, I mean, the goose is pretty good right now for, the, for these young men and women. I don't know if I would get a, too greedy and start asking for that level because that level may sound better on the surface but i'm not sure if it's a if it's a net gain if we head to that point for the college athletes i think 
in a lot of ways, some of these universities are almost at the point where they'd rather have that and and have a little more structure because right now it's the wild, wild west. Yeah. Last thing, we'll let you go. Assuming South Carolina wins over Vandy and uh, and Auburn takes care of their business on Saturday. Let's see. Auburn on Saturday is um, playing oh, at Florida. they got to go to Florida. Well, regardless, South Carolina will play at Auburn uh, Wednesday night. Uh, do you know if you'll be on that call, number one? Number two, uh, the atmosphere on television looks unbelievably off the charts there. What what kind of atmosphere can the Gamecock basketball team expect to see at Auburn? Okay. Uh, a, no, uh, don't have that one. B, have done several games there, including a couple this year. Uh, it's a very small gym. You know, it's about 9,000 people, but they pack it. The, the fans are right on top of you, and the student section, which always sits right behind us, is as loud as any I go any arena I go to in the country. And that's all Bruce Pearl. That is all Bruce Pearl. Auburn was one of the worst environments to uh, play a basketball game, broadcast a basketball game, anything. And Bruce has turned that around into one of the best. So it will be loud, rowdy. Hmm. Uh, all this, you know, when you've got a number fifteen next to your name, as Carolina does now, that that just gives a little more ammo for the fans. They're engaged now. It's not it's not exactly a natural rivalry. It's not Kentucky. It's not Tennessee. Uh, but it's a top twenty team, and so you've got their attention. And I I would uh, I don't know if this will translate well on TV, but it will be incredibly loud in that building. Yeah. Mike Morgan with us here on Sports Talk. Last week with a bonus sponsor being the entirety of the Bourbon Trail. This week being Love Chevrolet, it sounds like. And, uh, Mike, thanks for joining us. Shifting gears real quick, but got to get one football question in for you. We talked off-air briefly about this with yesterday being National Signing Day. Your thoughts, earlier Phil and I got into a a nice little debate about would you rather take a highly regarded five-star freshman coming in, even if it's a potential can't-miss prospect, or a fifth or sixth year guy in the transfer portal at the same position, who of course has now been through the rigors for a few years. Do you hold either of them above the other, or what are your thoughts on that comparison? I think in basketball, older is better. I would I would take you know for example last year, GG Jackson. I mean, he's already in the NBA. He didn't help you win a whole lot of games. Uh, it's it's a bunch of 23-year-old, fifth-year guys that are winning you games now and a couple of talented freshmen as well and sophomores. Um, you know, in football, it might be a little bit different. You know, if, if you've got a Jadavion Clowney, for example, versus a guy that's been around for five years but would never have the natural talent of a Clowney, well, then I'll rather take the Clowney. So it really depends uh, on the player, the position, and uh, just how advanced they are. All right, Mike, nice trip out to Arkansas. I remember the uh, the fans out at Arkansas, they always greet you warmly. They remember you well. So I don't know when you're doing the ESPN broadcast when, and Arkansas loses, if you ever say something like, put that in your pipe and smoke it, hmm. Arkansas. Doubt you can say that on the ESPN broadcast. Yeah, I don't think I'll be using that, uh, nor do I think anybody remembers that from 21 years ago, other than you. <laughs> oh, I remember it well. I remember it I so well. Do. Put that in your pipe you and smoke it, Arkansas, because you had a bunch of rowdy there, fans right beneath you, right? 
Well, they were talking into my crowd mic and using obscenities. Yeah, I, we, can't just, we can't have that. That's an FCC violation. Now, I don't know what goes on on your rowdy show, but yeah. we were trying to run a clean program back on our baseball broadcast back in the day. Yeah. So try to keep it, you know, family friendly, whereas, you know, you're running like a, I don't know, some type of rowdy roadhouse type joint where Patrick Swayze is beating up people outside and you got girls dancing on tables. I don't know what kind of operation you have, but you're going to be shut down and lose your liquor license if you keep that up. As the producer, sometimes I'm just I'm just sitting there sweating bullets with my hand on the dump button, you know? We're just wild and crazy guys, we're going to tell you. Yes, wild that and is crazy. true. All right. You guys enjoyed it. Hey, same here. Have a good trip. Thanks, Mike. Talk to you next week. Okay. There Take you care. go. All right. Mike Morgan. As always, Morgan on the move here on Sports Talk.